To listen to memory card episodes early and ad-free, consider supporting the show via Patreon at patreon.com memcard. Hey there, video game fans. I'm Ben Bertoli. And I'm Push Dustin. And this is Memory Card. Well, Push, we, uh, no, wait, I don't know how to start this episode. Oh, no. I've oh, forgotten no. How, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> no, I was just going to start by asking you, is there a popular or well-received game or series that you just never really uh, understood or never really clicked with you, I should say? I think it might have to be Five Night at Freddy's. Uh, this might anger a lot of people, maybe. <laughs> um, like, I, I kind of get the appeal, I guess. Like, you know, it's it's a scary game and everything like that. But the gameplay just doesn't seem that, I don't know, engaging to me. Like, you, like you're just watching, like, a bunch of monitors and, like, trying to go back and forth and push levers and stuff like that. I don't know. I feel like it's, like, a trendy game. Yeah. I mean, I will say that kids love jump scares. I, yeah. I mean, kids today love jump scares. As many people know, I'm a teacher and uh, we have recess. And when we can't go outside because it's snowing or it's raining or whatever, we have indoor recess and every kid has their own Chromebook. And there's a group of students I have who just watch jump scare videos on YouTube like the whole time. Oh, yeah. They just sit there and shriek. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a generational thing. Five Nights at Freddy's was never one that I really got into. But I'm not really big into the whole, you know, scary atmosphere as it is. Mm -hmm. Not really one for me. If I had to pick a series, and, and this is going to alienate even more of our listeners, <laughs> that would be uh, Undertale. Mm -hmm. I've never been able to really get into it. Like, it's like uber, super popular. You know, I think Toby yeah. Fox is really, you know, smart, good game developer. He's, he's awesome at... Uh, composing music and making like fun characters but i don't know i've tried to play the game on multiple occasions and i just can't get very far into it yeah i think i i've only played it for like a couple of hours I, like I, I tried to give it a fair shot but i think i kind of knew too much about it like i kind of missed that window of opportunity so like yeah when i was playing it i was like oh i gotta do like the non-genocide run or something like that and that kind of like ruined the experience for me because i knew that there's all these different paths that you could take yeah i never really thought that that might be the case but now that you mention it it could be because it's so you know there's so many memes and there's so many parts of gaming culture that are influenced by it now right yeah and i mean it i think began life as a mod for earthbound which yep. is a series that I love Earthbound lore, I love the characters, I love the wacky setting, but I have never been able to get that far into Earthbound either, if I'm being honest. You know, maybe uh, four or five hours, and then I just kind of go play a different game and <laughs> forget about it. So that's probably why it never really appealed to me, if it's based on that. But today we're going to talk about another critically acclaimed game, series of games actually, that I had no idea were even critically acclaimed. So, let us begin. So, the series that we are going to be talking about today is the Odd World series. Do you have any kind of a connection to this series, Push? I don't have any personal connection to this series. Um, I remember seeing that it came out at one point for the Xbox, 
Yeah. And I was like kind of interested in it because it had a very unique style to it, like kind of atmosphere. Mm hmm. Um, but I never actually have played it. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I mean, even in researching the games, I was surprised at how many there were. Yeah. I mean, and there's not that many. There's, I think, like maybe six or seven in total. But I was like, wow, I, I thought it started on the Xbox, mm -hmm. but it actually started back on the PlayStation. This is one that just would never really appealed to me. It's a very kind of like dark, gritty world. Mm -hmm. The main character, whose name is Abe, he looks really weird. He's kind of got like a pointy head. His mouth is sewn shut. He's got these big bulbous eyes and this weird like rat tail coming out of the top of his head. Got like three or four fingers. <laughs> you could say that he lives in a very odd world. Yeah, he does. Well, he's a very odd looking guy. Um, and, you know, I, I hate to be the guy who judges other people's character design, but like he's kind of super ugly, <laughs> at least in my opinion. I think that's kind of like the point, though, right? Yeah, I, I think so. But it just never appealed to me as a kid. You know, there's like mm -hmm. gross characters out there that I'm sure I could connect with or be like, yeah, like so much fun. But this one, I don't know. It's just like, oh, that guy's weird. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I, do I want to play a game with him in it. These games were made by developer who's actually called Odd World Inhabitants, and they pretty much exclusively make Odd World games, mm -hmm. not necessarily starring Abe. But it was founded in 1994 by Lauren Lanning and Sherry McKenna in California, and they've just been kind of working on it ever since. Um, there's been some big ups and downs in there, and Lauren Lanning especially is uh, quite, the, quite the character himself. He's an interesting guy. Oh, really? He's very intense, or, or maybe passionate is the better word for it. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a chance this could get back to him. I, I think we're maybe popular enough for that. And, you know, I, I mean no disrespect, uh, Lauren, but uh, just looking at the uh, interviews that I've seen and the impressions that I've got from um, other people who have spoken to him, he seems a little bit judgmental, mm. kind, of, kind of a little bitter, maybe just um, a little bit holier than thou in terms of the game making and what a game should be and kind of like other developers. Oh, really? Yeah. And his original message is kind of just like games that have violence, any kind of violence, like shooting someone with a gun, jumping on a turtle is like the same thing in his eyes. It seems like like those are bad mm. and you need to like have a, a message in your game. There needs to be like a moral. So he actually talked about that he in an interview, he wanted to make games that were nutritious for gamers which is an interesting way to put it. Mm -hmm. and, and basically likened a lot of games to being like junk food. And he wanted to make games that were like good for you and had a message. And, um, uh. you know, I understand that. Like, I get where he's coming from. There are games that are, have, can have a bad influence or a bad message. Mm -hmm. But some games are made to be fun. They don't need to have a deep message. But the other thing that I thought was like crazy was... A lot of times I go on to Wikipedia to start researching um, different topics, and I go down to the bottom of the page where they have all the different sources cited, right? Because those are great. You know, I always tell my kids, you shouldn't use Wikipedia yep. as your source, but you can go find great sources on Wikipedia. Yeah, exactly. And the page for Oddworld Inhabitants, the developer, is like ridiculously long. Oh, really? Yeah. No, it's like 
crazy. In fact, there's little things throughout it from Wikipedia that say this section may be too long and excessively detailed. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, well, maybe this is just something that happens with developers where they like go in and they change it themselves. So there's a lot of information. So I looked at some other developers and uh, Sucker Punch Studios, 22 Mm -hmm. cited sources. Insomniac Games, 83. Rare, 116. Pixar, which is not a game studio, but I was like, they have a lot. 129. <laughs> <laughs> how, many, how many do you think the Odd World Inhabitants has? Well, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm on, on the page right now. Are you just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling? Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous, ridiculous, right? Yeah, no, 266 cited sources. Oh my God. Which is like slightly less than Nintendo, the company which is like bonkers. Somebody out there is either like the biggest Oddworld Inhabitants fan ever or somebody who works there is just like going gangbusters. It's crazy the amount of detail that's on this Wikipedia page. Yeah, I'm trying to look at the edit history and see, you know, where did all this information come from? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no, it's sourced. That's the thing too. Like they, you know, it's obviously not just somebody sitting down and putting their thoughts. They're they're pulling it from somewhere. But geez, oh, Pete, how many sources do you need? No offense to the developers, but (laughs) anyway, there's a lot of information out there. Um, I tried to chop it down. I'm going to definitely focus more on the very first Oddworld game, and then I'll I'll hit some tidbits from the last uh, few and a little bit about the future. So Oddworld Abe's Odyssey is the very first game that came to the PlayStation and the uh, PC in 1997. It was published by GT Interactive, and as I mentioned, developed by Oddworld Inhabitants, and it was critically acclaimed, widely acclaimed, for having just kind of like innovative gameplay and a good message. You know, as much as I was kind of ragging on Lorne earlier, he did it. He, he made a game that was different and, and had a good message about like, you know, basically that we shouldn't be like slaves to the industrial complex and all that good stuff. But the game is very strange and odd, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, really, it's kind of you're just trying to free other slaves that are in this factory that you work at. And you can like run and jump and there's some stealth stuff where you can sneak past enemies. But the most interesting part of this is there's an ability that Abe has called Game Speak. Okay. And with Game Speak, he can talk to the other slaves in this factory. And he can get them to do things for him. So when you go up to someone who's, you know, another, I believe they're called um, mudikins, you can go up to another mudikin and you can tell them to stay put. You can tell them to go like hit a lever. You can, you can praise them or scold them. You can ask them to follow you. Mm-hmm. And so basically what you have to do is you find them in these compromising situations and you have to save them by helping them get to what is essentially a portal out of the factory. And the amount of people you save is what changes the end of the game. If you save at least 50 of your fellow people, then you get the good ending. And if you save less than that, then you get the bad ending. Mm-hmm. And I believe if you save all 99 of them, you get like a super special ending with a uh, like cool little video. And the other thing that Abe can do, aside from running and jumping and talking to people, is he has like telepathy. And he can control these guards that are called sligs. He can like make them go like assassinate other guards and, you know, uh, open things and let people through. Okay. So there's some really interesting mechanics that went along with this. 
And uh, the story is basically that Abe works at this place called Rapture Farms, which is a processing factory. And he stumbles upon this boardroom where all the higher up executives are complaining that all the animals they use to make their products are going extinct and that they're going to make a new product that is actually made from Madokans, the people they have working at the factory. It's like a, a popsicle, but it's really just one of their like severed heads on a stick. So Abe is like, well, forget this, you know, I'm going to bust out of here and I'm going to save my people so they don't get turned into the next uh, delicious snack. Oh, nice. And uh, so that's basically the whole game is you trying to get people out of the factory and then you escape outside to a village and uh, you, I believe, talk to some kind of elder who says you have to go win the confidence of some other creatures in the uh, world and then you can go back into the factory and fight the, the big bad. The boss. Yeah. And I may have butchered that uh, explanation a little bit, but, you know, there's a lot. So this game actually had a pretty smooth development cycle from what I've heard. It was shown off at E3 1996 and 1997. And, um, you know, that was back when E3 was, was mostly just for industry people and uh, journalists. And I guess it got a lot of praise back then. You know, people thought that it was really cool. The ability to talk to other characters and uh, the use of the telepathy. Mm -hmm. It's a very silly game. You know, uh, the characters obviously look kind of goofy and the languages that the other creatures speak is, is kind of silly. The game has a lot of CGI like cutscenes, like a surprising amount for a PlayStation 1 game. Yeah. Um, so many so that apparently they had to cut quite a few of them like out of the game or cut them down because it just wouldn't fit on the uh, you know the disc. Oh wow. But they were they were known for like, you know, having like pretty good graphics in a time when PlayStation games weren't necessarily, you know, like the best looking thing mm -hmm. around. And this was only a few years after the PlayStation had been out, so it was, you know, impressive I would say for the time. The most interesting part that I found about the original game um Oddworld Abe's Odyssey is that when it came to Japan there was like all sorts of problems that uh, they had to go through. First of all, they changed the name of it to Abe Agogo, <laughs> which is fun. Um, in Japan, it was published by SoftBank. Okay. Apparently, they had lots of different problems with the characters and the setting. The first thing was that the Motokun pops the severed head on a stick. Yeah. They were not a big fan of that, and that was actually because of the the beheading in uh, the in the school in Kobe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so this is the same reason why when Crash Bandicoot 2 came out um, and there's a death animation where he gets smashed and he's just like a head and mm -hmm. some shoes, they had to go back and change that because a student decapitated another student and that was huge, shocking national news. So they were like, let's stay away from that. Mm -hmm. And the people who made Oddworld were like, yeah, we totally get that. That's totally fine. Like, we'll, We're more than happy to change it. And actually, all further releases of the game, when it came out digitally later for like the PlayStation 3 and stuff in North America, they would use the Japanese version of that just because they felt it was a better representation, a little less morbid. Okay. But the other huge issue was that Abe has four fingers. Mm -hmm. And um, in Japan, apparently... Having, having four fingers is like a no-no, like a big no-no. Yeah. Unless you're like willing to pay somebody, like pay the Japanese government 
Well, the reason that it's a, it's a no no is because of um people with four fingers are typically typically because like one finger got cut off, and the reason that you would have a finger cut off is because you're involved with the mafia. Well, okay, and I yeah, that was one of the things that was the main explanation. However, when I went to the official Oddworld uh website, yeah, there was a question that was like, why did the number of fingers change in Japan? And whoever wrote this went on this like rant. It's important to note that when you look this up online, it does say that it, it mostly has to do with, you know, people who couldn't pay back their money to the mafia did get their finger cut off. And that's why it's like, whoa, that's a no, no. However, yeah, they say that the reason they were told was because people who worked in like the meat packing parts of town, like that, that subclass of people would lose their fingers mm -hmm. due to like factory problems. Like it was a very common thing. And so having four fingers was like a sign of, you know, or like showing someone four fingers oh, was like, hey, yeah. like you're poor, you're not part of the social elite or whatever. Mm. But the problem was that apparently there are characters that are like allowed to have four fingers. Here's a direct quote from the Oddworld FAQ. It's offensive and degrading unless they can extort enough money out of you. Then it's all okay. Case in point. We were told that the Walt Disney Corporation is charged $5 million a year by this group so that Mickey Mouse may live in Japan and retain his original four-finger design. Otherwise, old Mickey would need to see a surgeon and have something done about that insulting fourth finger. So, they're a little salty. The moral of the story is, if you want to pay, then it's okay. If you don't want to pay, then it's a horrible insult to our culture. Oh. Yeah. So, uh... They were like, fine, we'll do it. Like, we don't want any trouble. But um, they were not happy about changing. Not happy changing. with the changes, yeah. This last quote is, we thought it was ironically perfect that he was being discriminated against for being who he was. Talking about the character Abe. Yeah. As the message came from Japan, they don't like his kind here with a sincere suggestion, just chop off one of his fingers because you don't have the money to pay up. It's like, dang. <laughs> so... That's why uh, Abe has less fingers in Japan. All the Mudikins have less fingers in Japan. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I kind of looked into it a little bit, and there are some um, instances like box art covers. There's a Simpsons game where they changed Bart's number of fingers from four to five. Mm. And actually, we posted on Twitter Crash Team Racing game where they kind of like cartoonified yep. Crash a little bit more, but they changed the number of uh, fingers on his hand from being four to five because apparently it's not a good idea to have that many fingers huh so abe's odyssey came out for the playstation and the pc and mm -hmm. uh it sold decently well it was like very critically acclaimed as i mentioned earlier and the people at Oddworld inhabitants were like all right we gotta like hit series on our hands let's um, move on to the next thing now it should be pointed out that at that point, they were like, okay, we're going to make four games in the Oddworld setting, but they wanted to have four different main characters, and that was going to be like, like they were going to come together to save the planet as one or something like that. Mm -hmm. The Oddworld cinematic universe, as it were. Wow, what an interesting episode. We're going to put things on pause for a moment to briefly explain how you can support Memory Card. If you enjoy our content, you can show your support by leaving positive reviews on your podcasting service of choice. Four or five stars and a few kind words go a long way when it comes to convincing others to give the show a listen. So please do so if you find the time. Spreading the word is also very helpful. 
If you know anyone who's interested in gaming or history, or both, you should consider sharing Memory Card with them. Every season we strive to reach a wider audience, and you can help. If you're feeling extra supportive, you can head over to patreon.com memcard. Every single one of our patrons gets access to early ad-free episodes. Higher tiers include bonus episodes, shoutouts, stickers, and more. We certainly hope you'll check it out and consider becoming one of our lovely patrons. Once again, that's patreon.com slash M-E-M-C-A-R-D. Hey Ben, what's our sticker for the season? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. This season we have a lovely illustration of Gumbo, the bull terrier, wearing a memory card sweatshirt, as drawn by artist Alice Carroll. And it's actually the dog of Jamatar who does the theme for our podcast. Whoa, that's like everything I love. I love dogs, I love sweatshirts, I love Jamatar. That's right, and it's a sticker. Whoa, I can stick it on my phone. <laughs> you can stick it wherever you want, Push. Well, thanks for taking the time to hear us out. Let's get back to the show. So, when they announced the next game, which was a follow-up, it was called Abe's Exodus, it was technically considered to be a spin-off. Because it was an extension of the first game's story, it wasn't the official next entry in the quintilogy or whatever. And this game was also critically acclaimed. It used pretty much the same engine. I believe they developed it in only about nine months uh, to mm. get it out in time for the holiday rush of 1998. This is kind of like after the fact, you know, they, they've defeated the people in the factory, but then they go to a different part of uh, the odd world and find that the Mudikins are being used there to mine out these uh, bones. And it turns out they're like actually Mudikin bones. So they're basically being used to like exhume giant uh, graveyard underground. It's pretty, uh, pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. And it gets a little darker because the bones are being ground up into a new drink that is called Soulstorm Brew. Mm. And all the Mudikins are like addicted to it and they want to keep drinking it, even though it's made of the bones of their ancestors. Yeah. And if you drink it as a Mudikin, you like get sick. And so Abe has to help save the Mudikins once more. And this time uh, they have like actual personalities. They're not just kind of little like, you know, drones that do whatever you say. Some of them can be angry. Some of them can be like, like wired on the drink and some are depressed or sick because they drank too much of the drink. And you have to make sure you like interact with them at the right time or in the right way to get them to, you know, help you solve the puzzle or, you know, kill an enemy or whatever it is that you need to do. Mm -hmm. It's very important to note that in this game, if you drink the Soulstorm brew, you can fart and you can possess your own fart. Oh, okay. And you can use your fart. It's basically like an explosive at that point. You can move your fart across the screen and blow stuff up with it. Oh, so it's like a car cartoony kind of thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. But I just thought it was interesting. That's the thing about these games is they, they're like so dark. <laughs> yeah. And yet they're like so silly. It's a very strange mix. So after Oddworld Abe's Exodus on the PlayStation, uh, we move on to the game that you likely saw when you were talking about the Xbox, and that is Oddworld Munch's Odyssey. So this is our second character in the Oddworld universe that they're focusing on. And um, even though this one is about Munch, uh, the character, they also added Abe into this one. And this was a launch title 
for the Xbox. Came out on November 15th, 2001. Okay. Um, along with Fusion Frenzy, if you remember that game from the second episode of uh, this season. Mm. And it was um, an Xbox exclusive to begin with. Uh, it was originally being developed for the PlayStation 2 but they eventually made the jump to Xbox, um, I think because they thought, you know, well, we can be one of the first games on the system mm -hmm. and uh, get some notoriety. So in this game, after they've destroyed the Soulstorm Brewery, which is, you know, the plot of the last game, basically every game is the bad guys are making a new snack. Yeah. And we have to destroy them. <laughs> so uh, this time they're harvesting these frog-like creatures that are called gabbets. They're using their eggs to make this like caviar delicacy. And um, there's only one gabbit left, and that is Munch, the character that you control. Abe is basically sent by this uh, group that are called the Almighty Raisin, mm -hmm. this ancient order, to go help Munch, uh, you know, save the day, destroy the facility, all that good stuff. And um, the box art actually has both of them like on a soda can because like you know snacks and drinks are such a big part of this series and there's an actual real drink that you can get in the game and i wanted you to guess which drink it is now keep in mind this is like early thousands so i have five potential answers here and you tell me which one you think it is okay okay which of these could you get in munch's odyssey snapple elements Sobe? Pepsi Blue, Surge, or Fruitopia? Uh, the second one. Sobe? Yep. That is correct. <laughs> this was, I guess, a little bit of a sore point for people who enjoyed the Oddworld games. And I only say that because they addressed it on that same FAQ part of their website. Uh, back in the day, mm -hmm. it says many fans are wondering about Sobe vending machines in Oddworld, Munch's Odyssey. What prompted the decision to include Sobe vending machines? Because you know, yeah, they have like an anti-capitalist <laughs> right message. Yeah. So the response is um, yes, there are a couple of Sobe vending machines in the final version of the game, uh, and basically they said Sobe said that they would promote the game on the uh, Xbox Roadshow which was obviously some promotional, you know, event where they drove mm -hmm. around and let people play games um, that was sponsored by Sobe. And uh, so the, the vendors uh, appeared in exchange for an opportunity to be a part of the sneak peek of the uh, roadshow. So basically they said, hey, if you want to, yeah. uh, if you want us to show off your game, we want you to put us in your game, which is, you know, yeah, yeah. it's not that crappy. It's just business. But it is funny that they kind of gave into that. Mm -hmm. But Oddworld Inhabitants says that they did research and made sure that there was no environmental issues with uh, Sobe, and they said that they came up clean. Oh, okay. No problems with them. It's funny, because, like, I don't know, I don't see Sobe that much anymore. I thought maybe they were had gone under, but apparently they're still going strong. Yeah. And still have... Uh, is, is that something that shows up in Japan at all? No, I haven't seen it in a long time. Um, when you, because of your hint of it being, you know, in the early 2000s, I was like, maybe it's that one. Cause yeah, <laughs> I tried to find some drinks that were like Pepsi blue was in the early thousands. Uh, Fruitopia, I think went extinct around then, but yeah, like surge was definitely earlier. <laughs> it was like the nineties. Yeah. yeah. So after 
Munch's Odyssey, which, um, you know, as a launch game, did decently well. The next game was Oddworld Stranger's Wrath. And this is another game that introduced a new uh, main character, and that was The Stranger. That's his name. It's just Stranger. Oh. And uh, this game was actually published by EA Electronic Arts for, for the Xbox. Okay. And was an Xbox exclusive uh, once again. Uh, so this came out in January of 2005, and it follows The Stranger, who's a bounty hunter. It's really like innovative at the time. You had the ability to switch from third person to first person, like depending on if you wanted to do melee stuff or if you wanted to like shoot your guns. And it had this really funny mm-hmm. kind of ammunition system that was all based on like living creatures. So if you wanted to shoot your gun or your crossbow or whatever, you had to get like little bugs and stuff. You had to collect them. And then that's what like went into your weapons. So it's interesting. That's the way they went with it. But it's called like living tools live ammunition literally like you know <laughs> and another cool thing the game did was that depending on what ammunition you used or what weapon you used uh enemies would react differently okay which is is very similar to what the ratchet and clank games are known for yeah yeah you shoot somebody with a freeze ray uh or like a disco ball whatever then they're going to react differently depending on what kind of enemy they are uh stranger's wrath was basically a story about this bounty hunter who's going around and you know uh he has like a secret agenda and uh he finds this place where this dam has basically like dried up the environment and uh the people there are suffering and i don't want to give away too much of of the story but not quite as compelling or doesn't have quite the same message that the other odd world games did mm-hmm. but it's still good i mean i want to say it's one of the, the best uh, reviewed out there. It was 88 out of 100 on Metacritic. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, it was a commercial failure. It only sold about 600,000 copies. And the people at Oddworld and Haven said that it really would have needed to break 1.6 million sold to uh, even break even. Mm-hmm. So they were about a million short there. Following that, that's really, honestly, the last completely new Oddworld game. Mm-hmm. In 2014, they released Oddworld New and Tasty, which was a full remake of the original um, Oddworld Abe's Odyssey. And that came out for the PlayStation 4, PC, Xbox One, the Wii U, I believe it came out for, and then PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita. And in fact, in late 2020, it was released for the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. And the most recent game is Oddworld Soulstorm, which was a is a reimagining of Oddworld Abe's Exodus, the one where they're mining for the bones. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a direct remake. Like, they kind of changed it a little bit. Boy, I'll tell you, I watched the trailer for it, and they really, the CGI is, like, astounding. You know, like, late 90s, you're not going to have the best CGI technology. Yeah. Everything kind of looked a little ugly. They've definitely made him look better. <laughs> He's more appealing. They've kind of smoothed things out and, and readjusted his design a little bit. It looks pretty slick. And that uh, actually came out in April of 2021 for PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and uh, PC. Mm-hmm. There are like an alarming amount of games that were going to come out but never did or are technically like, still in production. Um, there's one called Sligstorm. 
which was going to be a 2D platforming bonus game that came along with Munch's Odyssey. I was going to star Munch. Um, there's one called Odd World Squeaks Odyssey, okay, which was going to uh, follow Abe's Odyssey and Munch's Odyssey, and you know be about a new character, but that never came out. There was Odd World Munch's Exodus, which was going to be a follow up to Munch's Odyssey. Um, there's one called Odd World Slave Circus. Oh, not the best name. Lauren Landing basically told people about this when he did an AMA, I believe, on Reddit where he just had this idea for where you would it'd be like a gladiator type game, but you would like own the different characters. I don't know. seems like something that I'm kind of glad they skipped over. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then the Stranger's Wrath 2 was potentially in the works and Stranger Arena, which is kind of like Stranger's Wrath, but you know, online multiplayer mm-hmm. type of game. And there was a spinoff title called The Brutal Ballad of Fangus Clot. That was going to be part of like Oddworld, but not officially part of the Quintology, Quintrilogy, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was announced in 2005. A lot of people thought it was an April Fool's joke, but apparently it wasn't. And Lauren Landing said in 2014 that if the new and tasty version of Abe's Odyssey sold at least half a million units, then that would finance this game. But nothing has ever been. Uh, revealed beyond that as to if it's like still in production or not mm-hmm. and then the last one is um, odd world hand of odd which was an uh, online open world real-time strategy game that was in production like as long ago as munch's odyssey so you know like early thousands but it uh has never officially been announced and uh, I'm not sure what the uh, next step is for the Odd World inhabitants. Yeah. And I should have mentioned this earlier, but there were a few Game Boy games that actually came out for the original Game Boy, and I believe one for the Game Boy Advance, but they don't really connect to the storyline as well. They, don't, they couldn't really do as much as the other games in terms of gameplay and mechanics, but they do exist. I'm all for games that have like a unique atmosphere, and I think that Oddworld kind of stands on its own. It's, it is trying to do something very, very different, which I can respect. It's a weird series. It's an odd series, uh, as one might say. And I never really got into it, but I guess I never really realized how important it was, how revolutionary it was back in the day. Yeah. And, um, you know, I can see why it has fans, why it has such a, a big following due to its message and its you know goofy atmosphere as much as the character design uh, doesn't appeal to me it's certainly a game that i'm considering you know checking out and a series that i'm rooting for to make a reappearance because they got their three characters out of the four put in the games yeah so we need that last one we need to see we need to see the ending yeah we need we need the ultimate crossover where the characters come together and they they save the planet That's all for now. Thanks for listening. Our intro and outro music was crafted by talented chiptune composer Jamatar. You can find more of his bangin' beats by searching Jamatar, that's J-A-M-A-T-A-R, on Spotify or visiting jamatar.com. 
If you have any feedback on the podcast or would like to recommend a topic, feel free to reach out to us via Twitter at MemCardShow. Or you can visit our website, MemoryCardShow.com. If you'd like to follow Ben and I, we can be found at SuperBenTendo and at PushDustin, respectively. Have you considered supporting MemoryCard on Patreon? If not, we hope you will. Currently, we're supported by quite a few awesome people, all of which get access to early, ad-free episodes. These people include Jackson Bertoli, Taylor Bias, Cody Sam, Michael Strickland, Harrison, Jorge Bajija, Manuel Vitella, Shala, Sandra L., Brandon Hanabarger, Sean Marafini, and Nick Callis. All of our Patreon info can be found on the support section of our website or on patreon.com slash memcard. We'll be back really soon with some more gaming history goodness, so be sure to subscribe and leave a review if you've enjoyed the show. We'll see you soon.